Advanced Vegetarian Matters. We have unsolicited vegan food reviews, including some we really hated, with Kaya Wilson, Don Riddle, and Morgan. Plus, advice on love, boundaries, being disliked, and more, with formerly anonymous butch friend to the show, Zaria Sion. Stay tuned. Don Riddle and Morgan Grinstein help me. We're here to tell you about some vegan foods you didn't even know were there and that you wanted. What, what do we have today, Morgan? You thought Eden soy was gone, but it's not. We've got carob Eden soy <laughs> soy milk. It is smooth, rich, and exceptional. Oh my God. The box. It smells like the 90s. Wow. Oh gosh, that's such a memory. Oh, it's light. It's really good. This is really light. It smells like a co-op. It is a co-op. Oh my gosh. This is the taste of a co-op. But like not the curry kind of spice aisle. That's like a <laughs> blend of all not the, the liquid aminos. Not the liquid <laughs> aminos. Nope, nope. Not the vitamins that have been on the shelf for 10 decades. I'm actually going to say that I'm not tasting. It's not very caraby. A carob so much as it's just kind of like what? a sweet soy milk. Oh my goodness. And it's not super sweet either. You want to know what I do taste? What? Barley extract. Yes. I do. Same. And I love it. It's great. I love it. <gasps> um, so we are going to tell you that our review of Carob Eden Soy Soy Milk, I think it's a treat. Yeah, Nicole, I think you're going to love this. I think. <laughs> Welcome to 1979. It's good. I would um, like warm it. A latte? Oh, it would taste really good with coffee. It would taste really good. This is good. <gasps> it's a USA whole bean protein prepared to nourish us best. Wow. All right. Well, two thumbs up from us. Yeah. we Four thumbs up if we do all of our hands. <gasps> what about our toes? We have a thousand thumbs up. Eight thumbs up. Um, but we're also here to talk about another product that is not a food, but is vegan it is okay I've been venturing into the world of hair products as you all know it's been a long journey <laughs> and I did it and I ordered Jonathan Van Ness's hair <laughs> line JVN hair I got the purple bottles so okay I got the shampoo conditioner and there's like a air dry cream and I gave Don the sample size it came with a complimentary sample size so we've both used this on our hair mm -hmm. okay the thing is, today my hair is not looking its softest, but how does it feel? Feels great. Feels great. It is, I love it. Day one, my hair was like 75% mm, softer. Whoa. I know, on first use. And it smells like kind of like Nag Champa with like a end note of Smarties, <laughs> which I really like. <laughs> so it's not too like sweet and dank, like it doesn't smell too much like a tapestry. <laughs> 
And the smell does hang around, but not aggressively so, which I nice. really like. So I'm still working on my technique for using it, but um, it is like a huge thumbs up for me. <laughs> huge thumbs up. I need to preface my review, this is Dawn speaking now, <laughs> with that I have done some home hair bleaching and pretty much fucked my hair up very bad. So I will say I put this stuff on, I thought the smell was good. And then like when I rinsed out the conditioner, I did not have the air dry cream, but when I rinsed out the conditioner, my hair did feel very soft, but it frizzed a little more than even usual. There's something about it that made my hair, my hair just, it's my own fault. It's not your fault. Jonathan Van Ness, it's not your fault. <laughs> it's my fault. It's not your fault, Don. Well, this is the other thing is, okay, so usually if I put any stuff on my hair, I was trying a whole elaborate gel routine, and then you scrunch it, and then it looks bad for five hours, and then you get like three good hours, and then it turns into like a like a thrift store wig, and so and then they'd be like, well, when you do your day two hair, and I was like... I've never had a day two hair. It literally looks like I got a wig out of a bin of wigs at a thrift store and put it on my head and it feels the exact same way. So that's with other products. So with this stuff, if I just like leave my hair and sleep on it or put a hat on and have another day, a day two, if you will, um, it looks good. It doesn't look like a wig. This is day one. So it's a little frizzier. Mm, mm. Give it a go. Day two, Dawn. I'm, well, I already used it all. I wish I could give you some air dry cream. I know. Well, and but now from your free pile, I have shampoo until I die. I forgot. I forgot. I got rid of a lot of shampoo now. And now I have it. Okay. And it's mostly plastic free packaging, like vastly plastic free, which I really appreciate. Metal bottle. Um, yeah. I might try some, some more products. And for you listeners out there. Oh, yeah. Listeners. Morgan and I have very similar hair. I think mine's thinner. Yeah. But mine's we, coarser and rougher. We both have curly yeah wavy partially gray yeah middle-aged lady hair <laughs> yeah. yep that's what we have although mine is bleached blonde and destroyed mine so that's the difference just gray and frizzy yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so you're getting a huge thumbs up for me if for nothing other than the texture and smell yeah i wish you could have felt my hair, hair before actually i don't but i wish just for comparison's sake well thanks Sagittarian Matters listeners for listening to this review that was absolutely needed to be this long. Unsolicited. <laughs> Unsolicited. And I uh, can't wait. Oh my God, six minutes. You're welcome. I'm sorry. See you over a cup of Carob Eden Soy organic soy milk. Ah. Kaya Wilson. Oh. We're at the Madonna Inn. There's a beautiful room with rock walls, stained windows with a lovely cow. This is called the Swiss Bell. I've always wanted to come here. There's a thick forest green carpet mm-hmm. and some green wood. And we just got food from a local place. Maybe we won't say the name. No, no, because God, God, God dog bless them. Dog bless them. For being here. For being here. For us we are eating vegetables, which was the point. Yeah, yeah. But can you describe what you're having Well, and some of the choices there? Let's just say the first ingredient here isn't love. Mm. Uh, this and, and and I'm I'm finding my 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 primary comment is whoever has prepared this food lacks any any kind of palate. What did you get? What are you looking for in it? I you know I got a I got a tempeh Reuben. Okay. Um, I'm I I got what I got was uh very under toasted like stuck in the toaster for maybe a second 
15 seconds toast on on a slab of completely unseasoned and uncooked basically uncooked um it was temp- like, tempeh it was like somebody like marinated it with too much water like you know when um like at a punk household when people start running out of dish soap and they just start adding water to the dish yeah, soap that's, that's or what, when people that's their, that's their that's their ingredient instead of love they just put water which i love i water is the stuff of life but Doesn't so your food tastes good it looks like your tempeh ribbon was marinated in something that was so watered down and then not actually cooked for longer than one second yeah no, it's got yeah, it's got no flavor. It's got no salt. It's got no, it's got no kick. There's no kick. There's not a sauce to this, uh, Ruben. It's the color of E. T. When they found him oh, in, so when they pale. found him at the end in like the gully. Everything about it is just yeah, one color, and I- including the sauerkraut, which is the the good part of this is just like a healthy amount of sauerkraut. I'll take yeah. it. But we for me weirdly avocado, and this sandwich was in incredibly cold in a way in which i felt it was never actually warm yeah you know not just it got here from the travel and it got cold from the travel it was just it just doesn't feel like it ever got above you know 80 degrees well i i would say maybe the bread was never toasted we just are saying it's toasted because the outside is a little hard it could just be that someone left it out overnight um i got something i got a bowl that is germany meets japan which is was waiting to happen which has a lot of sauerkraut, some you, nori strips. You took a real, uh, you're a real, you took a thrill ride here. You're a real, you're real, you must have the risk, high risk gene to order this particular dish. It just seemed like the thing that had the most vegetables. And they kept proclaiming that you could add this grilled tempeh to everything. So I was looking forward to this. The grilled tempeh, again, it's the, the E.T. <laughs> <laughs> the ET texture. <laughs> just I mean, this is what they feed. There's just the raw slabs to the orangutans that we love. Yeah, on it, orangutan jungle school. They just you see them. Just a raw slab of of, of tempeh, right? And, <laughs> then, and then those are, those those guys love it. In, Benny in, loves in it. In Indonesia, that's that's one of the things that they they'll feed the orangutans. Just yeah, just, just tempeh. Right out of the wrap, just right out of the container. That's that, that's what we got here. And soy milk. I really feel like we could get along. Oh yeah. If we had to go be the research assistants mm-hmm. watching the orangutans after they get released steal, onto the steal island. The orangutans. <laughs> Food. We have to get a dominance <laughs> struggle with the orangutans <laughs> to get our tempeh rations for the day. <laughs> that's that's what would happen. <laughs> okay, so I got something that's east <laughs> east meets west. <laughs> Which is it's like a kale that's been massaged by Somebody, it's kind of like at the end of a manicure, you get like a five second hand massage. That's the massage that happened here. Um, and then a lot, a heap and helping of this hospitable sauerkraut, some cabbage and carrot slaw. And then there's a little bit of brown rice at the bottom, but they ha- it came with a tahini dressing. You know what I love, but the tahini dressing, much like the hand soap and dish soap at a punk house has been watered down. So it doesn't even count as all of the, all of the sauces. Somebody was trying to save money today. They got a new manager who's like, we're going to cut corners. Maybe. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I've not, I've, obviously we haven't been here before, but yeah, the, my dressing for my salad was just, yeah, just a, a real incredible, the, vis, the viscosity was Nothing. water. Yeah. This is like, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Friday, but the dad from Friday is the, the cook here. His kid was like, we're out of milk. And he's like, put some water on that shit about cereal. Oh, That's yeah. the manager. Oh. At this yeah. restaurant. Yeah. He's like, you know what? We're almost out of everything. Yeah. Put some water in that. Or you steal the steal your parents' liquor. Uh, not not oh, that I did that, but no. I did. Or and wine. Just add her, and just add pour some, some water, yeah. Water that. That's what I, somebody <laughs> stayed after 
somebody stayed after work, drank all the tahini dressing, and then oh. added water to make it look like they hadn't. That's what happened. That's what happened. It anyway. tastes like it. It tastes like water. So there's a place. But you know what? This is like what we're saying. It's like a tour food pill where this might be the only vegetable I see today, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful for it. Well, yeah. So, right. So in terms of like our options, where we are, and just putting something into your body that is um, going to nourish your body. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to have that. I'm grateful f- for that part of it. There's, it's just sad when you know that with all these ingredients that they have, they're, and, and that they surely can get their hands on some brags or some tamari or just even salt. Oh, yeah. Or any kind of uh, giving, lo- giving love and, you know, tastefulness, some taste to this, to mm-hmm. this food. Oh, my God. Well, the, just, there is a sauce we got. Oh yeah, yeah. It yeah. Anyway, but I, what I was gonna say, it's just okay, sad okay. when you see all these ingredients and you know what can happen. You know how good it can taste. Yeah. And then, it's so on the other side of that. This was like home food at a friend's house. Like your neighbor is like, "I am gonna make you vegetarian lunch," oh, yeah. and you come over, and then you're like, Their <laughs> "Thank you." Thing, this restaurant's whole thing is vegan, right? Mm-hmm. Or vegetarian vegan? Mm-hmm. It's like wow. There. It's what I was gonna say. It was like in the Stranger Things. We're on the other. We're in the. We're in the upside down. We're in the upside down for for pre- preparing foods that have a that you want to eat because they taste good. Um, okay. But, oh wow! One, yeah. One last is, thing. This okay. So we both might have gotten a sauce that they that sounded so. We've got to try this. It because, seemed like their house sauce. Yeah, their special. sauce. It was an extra dollar. Yeah. Kaya said she was doing it, so then I wanted to do it too. It seemed a revolutionary sauce. You shouldn't have followed. You shouldn't have followed my lead there. Um, it is the primary smell coming out. There's a tanginess to it, so I'm not sure where the tang is coming from. What what they put in there for tang? But there's just a strong cinnamon, and what we were hoping for here wasn't that. wasn't a cinnamon. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like yum sauce, <laughs> or which is like a nutritional yeast. Kind of creamy sauce. I thought it might be like the special sauce that you get like at any place that has a special sauce. It's may- really mayo-y. Creamy maybe. with their local flair. Yeah, with some sort of local flair, but not not too, not just, just not too cinnamony. That's what I was hoping Why for. Why would you want cinnamon in a sauce for this, your brunch? Right. This smell, the smell of this, I, I think would only go well on maybe some sort of, possibly on like an you know, Indian food yeah, this vibe. Is, not this place is not Greek. It is not Lebanese. It is not Indian. Like no, no, it's it's not like Vietnamese with star anise. So like this warm spice being in the brunch menu is odd, and it's orange. The sauce is orange. Is it creamy? Like I can't tell. Put, yeah, it's again, it's pretty. Kaya's sticking her finger. In it. Put that finger in your mouth. What does it taste no. like? Okay, I don't like it. What is the taste? I'm so sad. I did that. Put something else in my mouth, but there's nothing good. Um, oh God, had you tasted it? Mm, I don't remember. You tasted. I tasted it, but I you, I couldn't register what it even was. I mean, certainly, and me either. It's weird. It's like I don't taste mayonnaise. I feel like there's not mayonnaise, but there's got to be. Is there ketchup? Because there's it's not sweet. It's not sweet. It's orange, so you think it's gonna be sweet like ketchup? Like I thought it was gonna be like a Thousand Island dressing yeah, to go yeah, with your Reuben. No, oh God, that would have been great. God, it's sour. And yeah, cinnamony. Yeah, it's got a strong tang. <laughs> but it's, it's not sour really... like it's not sour like the delightful like sour of a lemon or like a grape mm-hmm. vinegar. It's just sour. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, is it tamarind? I mean, it'd be weird if it was tamarind. They are really fusing. It's not sweet enough to be tamarind. It's it, the vi- uh, the viscosity of this again is very strange. It's almost like a jello, a, a watery jello when it moves. You see that? Yeah, I do see that. 
strange. Well, so you you can you can attribute no other flavors. It doesn't taste tomatoey, even though it's orange. I taste something that reminds me of tamarind in this way, but doesn't. It's just like nothing's right about. But you know, like just any of the whoever's palate, they're just really <laughs> suffering. The the palate is suffering. The scent, the sense of smell, something's wrong. This restaurant came up when I I was looking. I was like, what are we gonna eat for brunch? Let's see if there's any vegan options in San Luis Obispo. And there was, and there was like a vegan rundown of like the top vegan places. Mm-hmm. In, here in this town and this was there so this happened this place existed before the pandemic and they survived the pandemic that's wow. how many people eat this on a regular basis Jeez, louise so yeah my my dressing uh it just almost makes the sal- salad worse than if it was undressed i mean that's a sad it's a sad statement i decide well panya wants to eat all of it though it looks good to she me. I don't know what the heck we're complaining about. You guys, I had some brown <laughs> rice from the bottom of that East Meets West bowl, and I thought it was just great. Yeah, she's she's in it to win it. She hasn't she hasn't uh, let down her routine. Her like, I'm the cutest dog. But might, you want to feed me your food? I might try this place again tomorrow. <laughs> that, you, you you might. Oh my god! Just to see, just to see how far, how far down the menu they oh. go with. Water is the first ingredient and love mm-hmm. nowhere to be found. Um, listeners, I want you to know that I do keep my own sets of uh, disposable cutlery and salt in my car. Oh, yeah. This salt has come in handy on more than one occasion for us. Salt such a good thing to e- have in your car in the e- pandemic. Eaten in the car during the COVID age. And um, I just had to run out to my car to get this cutlery because what am I going to do? Trapes to the restaurant, get some flatware, stick it in my shorts? No. Mm. No, you're not. Anyway. Thanks, Kyle. It's been an adventure. It's been a real adventure. A food adventure. Food, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, well, down. It, okay, down for taste. There's nothing good about this taste. Up for, thank you for nu- nutrition. Grateful for having a food option that is actually healthful. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this a sideways thumb. On a normal, like when I'm back on land, mm-hmm. I'm going to look back on this with disgust <laughs> and revulsion. Mm-hmm. But here that I know I'm not going to eat another vegetable for a long time. I'm grateful for the kale. I'm grateful for the, um, <laughs> I don't know what you call a gratitude meal. <laughs> what do you call a gratitude thumb? Like you have to be so far down that right. you're like, I'm happy I'm yeah. eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> ate half the sandwich. I just took it down. It was fast. I tried to get it, get it, get it over with. This is what, what is called a food pill. This was <laughs> coined on a sister spit tour. Food pill is just when you have to get it down. You, gotta get you down, can't down. think about the taste. You just have to get it down. Yeah. You know you need it. You know your body needs it. <laughs> it's a functional meal. Yeah. It's not pleasurable. It's Mm-mm. just functional. Mm-mm. Yeah. So this actually is breaking out of the thumbs up, thumbs down territory into just food pill. Yeah, I think so. Just get it down. Just get it down. <laughs> Thanks, Kaya. Thank you. Hi, listeners. It's me, Nicole. I wanted to let you know that I'm teaching a week-long remote graphic memoir workshop at the end of April, and there is still some space left. There are four spots left. In this class, we're going to do drawing exercises. We're going to talk about making short comics. We're actually going to make some short comics. We're going to talk about planning a longer comics project. We're going to work on fictional things with characters you haven't met yet. And we're going to get to know some characters that you already know. It's a supportive atmosphere. It's really fun. I'm happy to answer any of your professional practices questions in there. And... If you want to sign up and get the early bird special, go to my website, NicoleJGeorges.com. Right now, it's in the shop. The other thing I wanted to let you know is that I'm currently offering private comics coaching for a limited time. It's also known as mentoring or editing or supporting or teaching. You can find out about that by emailing me through my website. 
That's all for now. Enjoy the show. Zaria Sion is the founder of a feline appreciation society called Cat Club. She loves a good fight, lives in New York, and you may recognize her from episodes 136 and 166, in which she was the voice of Anonymous Butch, and later when she saved a kitten off a busy freeway and then got the kitten lost in her car. Zari joined us from New York City to give advice about moving, making big decisions, dating, learning to become more disagreeable, and more. Please enjoy my talk with friend to the show, Zari Asayan. Speaking of five random white women, we have to talk about cheerleading really quick. <laughs> one, how about we talk about one Christian woman, strong in her faith, strong in her skills, strong in her abs. We're talking about Gabby Butler. The ab game is different. I'm not, wait, I brought this up to you earlier. Do you notice her abs are displaying a little bit differently in the last couple of days now that her mm-hmm. ex has a new partner who's literally one walking abdominal like set? Wait, can we back up and tell people who are we talking about with the partner? Okay. So, so okay. who's Gabby Butler? Who is she? Okay. Well, as someone who knows very little about what I'm going to pretend to know a lot about yeah, Gabby okay. Butler is a very famous cheerleader was featured on the Netflix original cheer was a huge, you know, was kind of like, <laughs> I want to date myself by calling her the Hulk Hogan of the <laughs> cheerleading community. Do you feel like she has that kind of celebrity yeah, yeah. status of like Hulk Hogan for people like us <laughs> growing up, whatever she, whatever, whoever the top is, is like, you know, synonymous with Gabby Butler in cheer. She's adorable. And as we've, I think she's adorable. She is adorable. Honestly, like I started to watch the YouTube after I got into cheer, I watched a YouTube series that was called like, we're cheering or something, you know, something like that. <laughs> And they showed Gabby Butler when she was really, really young, like literally like, I don't know, 13 pulled out of like school, brought into like the cheer machine, like full time. And I just saw like, she was just actually like a kind of quiet, nerdy, shy person or something. So I just find her, the cue is like a hybrid between personality and aesthetics or something. I see. I see. You know what I mean? So yeah. But uh, yeah, so she's a megastar. After cheer blew up, there's some scandals that followed that were unfortunate. Yeah. Very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. And it seemed, and all those of us who began, began following the accounts of these cheer stars maybe started to notice that Gabby was posting a lot of partnering routines with one, Nicole, cue the name. His name isn't Colin Mark Cockerell? Something like that. Okay. So there was this guy. So, you know here's the secret cats out of the bag. Don't mean to out anybody, but most of the men you saw on the show cheer were homosexuals, Correct. like a large portion of the men were homosexuals. And the ones that weren't, you were like, well, look at you. That's weird. Or it's just a matter of time. It's what's my feeling. So then some like super buffed up, like very muscular guy with a low ponytail and long, like beach Barbie hair. Like he would just come out of the water and shake his curly hair around and Water's flying everywhere. His hair seems wet often. Anyway, mm. low ponytail guy, always shirtless, muscular. They're doing great partner stunts, throwing her up in the air. And there started to be this rumor amongst the fandom that they were together. And so you and I were texting about it. And I said, 
I think he's a homosexual. I think that this is like an elaborate PR scheme for her to be his beard. There's no, there was no frick. There was no kind of sparks between these people. Whenever they even showed a picture where they were supposed to be like physically close to each other, it looked like somebody's like Sears portrait hand was like kind of stiffly stuck near the other person. It never, it never seemed like someone was melting into somebody or like, there was no, um, we're looking for a romance novel is what you're saying. I was looking for sparks. There was no sparks. It just seemed like a PR thing to me, like two mannequins, someone put next to each other to be like, neither of them are gay. Look, but then we thought maybe it was because they're both virgins and maybe that's why there was no sparks. Oh, a hundred percent. I never <laughs> thought she was his beard. I never agreed with it. I knew from the beginning, this is what deeply in love looks like in the cheer community. They don't have role models. They don't know anyone who isn't in cheer. And there's so few straight men that I think that they, no one's just, they have no, there's no, um, there's no path to follow. So I think probably Gabby was leading and what we started to re- realize was that she is an extreme born again, Christian, religious, n- newly religious. I think she got baptized in her Florida pool. And you saw it. I definitely did. There's a, <laughs> I saw a clip on her story. So to me, I was like, this is Christian love. This is waiting until marriage. This is promise ring. This is what all of, you know, this is what this looks like. We're just getting front row seat. And I also just decided he was also very religious. He does have that, like, I don't know. There's something a little off about him. He's like almost hot and then not or something. They are almost (laughs) a normal looking couple. And then they're not, there's just a lot of things that we just can't understand as outsiders. I think there's something queer about their relationship. (laughs) It's pretty queer. I mean, slowly this, this, the, the male cheerleader, Colin seems like he's starting to want to become a flyer and like wants to now be like tossed around like a little girl in the air. and like (laughs) referring to himself as that girl. (laughs) started at calling himself who's that girl on his own <laughs> Instagram while he's getting like washed by waves along the shoreline like peeking over the back of his shoulder with his face so this is why I think he's gay this is like you see the evidence is before you judge jury <laughs> like if he's I not mean, gay and the next if he doesn't come out in the next five years I'll eat my hat I understand. And I was, you know, your case became stronger, I would say in the last maybe couple months, but I think the, the, the way I know that I'm the right, I'm right. I'm in the right on this one is they've clearly broken up. They have, they've decided to end their, their, you know, mutually beneficial PR partnership. And so now like Gabby will post stories. You're like, ask me anything. And someone will be like, are you single? And she's like, yep. And it'll be some kind of picture, like can't trust a man or I, the only man for me is a a Jewish carpenter. Like it's just some kind of like That's Jesus, right. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yes. And that's a yes. But that's the thing. I don't think this publicity stunt, if it was a publicity stunt, it didn't go on for long enough, I think, to like really rake in what they were hoping potentially to achieve follower wise, because we were chomping at the bit. People were looking <laughs> for anything like a, a graze of a hand, like a, 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 a little like a a look that lasted a bit longer than it should. Everybody was just waiting with each post and they were giving it to us slowly, slowly. And then it just ended. So to me, I'm like, if that wasn't real, if this was just for show, this isn't how, this isn't how it would have played out in the end. So do you agree with me? Do you think in the end? I don't know. I mean, they they did get to first base. There was like some kind of very chaste seeming kiss that happened at some point. Yes. 
I don't remember if either of them ever came out and said, we're dating, we're together, but they would, they'd be like, wink, wink. Today's episode is brought to you by Remedios Martinez, Kim Nishimoto, Jamie Soretti, Leah Engel, Paula Gross, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, and Joey Soloway. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, in particular, producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $5 million, that's your business, to hornetleg at gmail.com. Or, this just in, he's got a Venmo, Hell Books on Venmo. H-E double hockey sticks books. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it too. Don't be scared. That's just Ponyo's speaking voice. Dear Sagittarian Matters, I am torn between two tough decisions. Stay in Florida, where I am in a tough and demanding psychiatric nurse practitioner graduate program, one which I have considered taking a break from due to burnout and my own triggers from the course materials, or moving to San Diego with my partner, who may have a job offer there. In California, nurses are paid better and have a strong union, meaning my working conditions would automatically improve. I'm leaning toward San Diego because I have only ever lived in the southeastern United States, and I'd like a change. However, I'm only allowed a year break from school before I would have to reapply to continue my program. I have two years left until my doctorate, but the course material is challenging because of my own history of trauma. I have no friends near me in Florida. The closest is three hours away, and I've always thought California may be a land of opportunity. My partner could make some serious career advancements if we go together. There are many more factors to consider, but this is the simplest way to put it. Sincerely, befuddled in Florida. I think San Diego. Okay, I have like ADD. I'm sorry. Wait a second. What's the question? Should this person leave their nursing program in Florida to join their partner in San Diego in the land of opportunity? Instead of staying in a miserable program that they hate that triggers them constantly where their partner is not. Yeah. And while they're experiencing burnout. Yeah. What's the question? I think you just answered it. (laughs) I mean, if you hate fun, if you hate beauty, if you hate liberalism, if you hate like um, masks, if you hate vaccinations, like, yeah, stay in Florida. I think like, you know, this person saying they only have a break, a year of a long break before they have to reapply to continue. I think that like, you know what, just reapply from a place where you don't feel burnout, where you feel nourished and happy and where, you know, there's going to be a union waiting for you and where your partner is and all this stuff. Yeah. The reapplying thing is going to be much less of a pain in the ass than like your day-to-day life over the next two years. That's my cost benefit. Agree. Agree. All right. Great. That was a two minute and 32 second situation. Let's keep going. This is a two parter. Wait, let's do, let's do a shorter one really quick. Could, if they're long, can we break it up? Cause like, I just start thinking about like my refrigerator and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They're such sharing matters. An ex I've not gotten over for years called me and apologized for everything. What do I do? Signed confused in Connecticut. Okay. They're in the program. 
The, oh, the, the X? That's an amends. That's an amends. Okay, so this person shouldn't take this as a marriage proposal? Okay. It's either a borderline fishing for some attention. Like maybe they're at, um, they've hit like their bottom and they're looking for some, some fuel in the, uh, in the old tank, try to kind of rekindle some drama, you know, from the past. Mm-hmm. That's my, that would be one, depending on who the person is, that would be something that I would assume is going on. Or two, I would assume that this person is in some kind of 12 step program. And there is a step in the 12 step program where you reach out after you've done all your, your lists and your due diligence, and you start calling people and taking responsibility for any kind of past harms that you may have caused somebody. Uh, and so there's also that option, which in that case, it's neither here nor there. I mean, it sounds like it's about you, but it actually isn't. It's actually about the person doing the um, cleaning their side of the street, if you if you will. Um, and the third option could be, I guess, wait, what did they say? This was an ex from the past or something? It's an ex that they have never, this part, the caller has never gotten over. Oh, that they've never gotten over. Jesus, Louise. Well, I, if they've never gotten over them, I'd say stay away. Stay away. What, regardless of where they're coming from, if you know you yourself is not in a good emotional place to have any kind of correspondence with this person, unless it was to get back together and that sounded like a good idea, then you're not going to gain anything from interacting with this person. And not in a non-punitive way, but more in a just kind of like keep your flow, keep your life, get your keep your stuff together, keep yourself stable. You know, I think that introducing somebody with a strong emotional um, baggage with that can be really destabilizing. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, I just appreciate that people can make amends and that people are good and that, yeah, you never know where it's going to come from, but it, it doesn't mean it's an invitation for you guys to have some kind of complicated muddied friendship where you secretly want something more than they do. But you can, if you can be polite. Thank you so much. Hope you're doing well. Goodbye. Totally. And I've been on both and both sides of that. And it is what it is. It can, it can feel dramatic, like in the moment. And then like after a month or two, it kind of just diffuses. I, 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 in my experience, it just diffuses and it's not that big of a deal. It's only big in the moment when someone like, kind of like shakes you up by reaching out to you. Yeah. And it's, it's okay to wish them the best, but not be there for that. Dear Sagittarian Matters, I'm calling you all about relationship and dating advice for someone who's not great at navigating relationships. Um, so I live in a town that's small enough and I've dated long enough to know that there's probably not anyone here that I really want to partner up with. But I still want to have intimate relationships of sorts. So basically, I'm looking for tips on best ways to go about having these with new and old friends without getting feelings hurt and while being really clear that this is not moving toward a partnership. My other question is about navigating turnoffs and saying no within those relationships because I think it's really easy for me to get turned off by little things. Say I'm dating some woman and she starts talking about the guy she's dating. That really gets on my nerves. Like, how do I make little things that feel big when I know they're not 
be no big deal. And then how do I talk through saying no? And I'm not in the mood for having sex or not in the mood for something the other person wants. I really don't like hurting people or saying no to their needs. So thanks, guys. I hope you have a great time on your show today. I love your podcast. Okay, my first question is, how hot is this person? How hot is this person that they have to worry everywhere they go that everyone is going to want to be with them, sleep with them, fall in love with them? I'm just like, did they leave their number? You know what I mean? You want the, you want the caller's phone number? Well, send a pic. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, how hot are you? Okay, that's my first question. Because I feel like, is that people's typical problem? Like they walk, they're like, everyone's dying to date me. I just don't know how to reel it in. <laughs> I think it makes, it makes sense that if this person's like, I don't, I mean, I have to tell this person don't cuddle, don't hold hands. They're looking to build trust with <laughs> someone, but without a partnership. I mean, this is, this is tough stuff. I mean, you have is, to, you have, I think a lot of filters person, I think you can't leave it in their court about whether or not they think it's a thing. I think you need to also pick up on their signals. If you're saying to them, like, this isn't going anywhere. And you see them kind of being like, okay, winky wink. And like doing actions that seem more relationshipy, you need to be the one to pull the cord, not just explain it again, but just actually step away. Totally. And I think like for me, a crafty way, like if I was exactly this person, um, I would do something where like, for me, I typically date people with long hair, love long hair, have some long hair. You better put a chastity belt on yourself. Cause I'm coming after you. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I love, <laughs> I like a certain, there's certain things I know I'll be like, you know, that right off the bat, it might be, you know, I have to be careful. Might be someone I think is cute. I don't have that issue with like masculine of center people. I don't have that issue with people who present similar than to similarly to me. So I think that's a great place to start is to seek out potentially people who you yourself know that you don't have any kind of tendency to like be attracted to, to like keep that clean on your part. Cause saying one thing and doing, doing something is quite different. You might think you have it all figured out, but like things can get confusing because you don't know who you're going to meet. They're new, new people. So I would say like, if you could feel that out and try and like, you know, seek out people who maybe, you know, for sure that like, you're not like their type in, in, in a certain way that could be really helpful and could eliminate any kind of confusion right off the bat. Mm. Okay. Their other part is it seems like maybe they have a hard time saying no with, if somebody wants something and they don't feel like it sex wise or otherwise, but the person really wants it, they are afraid they're going to be hurting their feelings by saying mm -hmm. no to their needs. Codependent. Yeah. Nicole, what, what would you say? You're not, you're not doing them any favors by saying yes and, and feeling like you've put yourself in a compromise. You're not doing anyone any favors by putting yourself in a compromised situation because then you're going to build resentment or discomfort around this person. And even if they, they, they might not even know. And I'm pretty sure I have a feeling like, you know, that they are not going to want to do something sexually with you if they actually understood that you were not into it, that you were really not into it. Um, so I, I mean, I think a nice way to do this is just to be very clear ahead of time. Like, okay, like generally after 11 PM, I'm not going to feel like having sex or I'm never going to want to do X, Y, Z. So just like, don't try it. Just like, don't try to put that there. Don't try to do this thing <laughs> or like this feels too intimate for me. So we can do this. 
Hey, writers and artists, do you want to be told what to do? Do you want a loving but firm presence to give you direction in this unanswerable world? Join Homework Club and let author and arts consultant Beth Pickens break life down into manageable steps. Just $15 a month for homework, workshops, and connect with other artists and writers through customized accountability pods. Homework Club. Go to BethPickens.com for more information. But wait, the listener called back with more information about themselves. Dear Sagittarius Matters and Zari, just wanted to tell you a little about myself. I'm a 40-year-old lesbian queer. I'm a Taurus with a Capricorn moon and Pisces rising. And so being intimate in general is not that easy for me. So when I'm doing that with someone and building trust with someone in a partnership, it's a little bit challenging but I know I can do it in a positive way and just how to do that and to be affectionate and dating someone while also leaving it clear to the rest of society that we're both looking for partners. And this is not our, you know, we're not closed off by any sense. Anyway, thanks again. Hope you're all well. Bye. Sorry. We have four questions wrapped in one question. Thinly okay, so- veiled as one question. <laughs> I have a quick question and it's actually four questions. So let's <laughs> just get book. clear on that. No, you know, no judgment. That's just the truth of it. So, okay. This caller, um, this caller wants to know a, how to have intimate relations with people in their town, even though they don't want a long-term relationship with any of them or partnership. That's number one. Should we just take these one at a time, please? Okay. So how do they, um, not have people try to wife them as they are going about their intimacies around town, which could be, you know, braiding hair, braiding hair, holding hands, top hair. Yes. (laughs) Upper lower. (laughs) Um, How do they do it? I, I think it's important for them to have their, their clarity, their line at the top of the top of the thing. Like we're friends with benefits or, Whatever the thing, this is very casual for me. There is no chance for advancement. This is an entry-level position. There is no chance for advancement. Uh, I am not taking applications for advancement. You are not <laughs> qualified for to go past this level. But then they need to also listen to what the other person's saying and not saying. So if it seems like the other person's like, sure, wink, wink, and it seems like they want more, or they're doing something that feels a little bit like sighing and looking at you, kind of like... They want a little more than what's on offer. This person needs to be able to take the reins and be like, oh, no, this is this person's trying to take more than what's being offered. And for it's like a mercy killing for everyone's sake. They need to get out of there. That's what I think. I couldn't agree more, Nicole. I mean, you know, it seems like there was hints uh, in this question of just like, how do I like control X, Y, and Z? And then how do I also control, like, how do I control myself? How do I control the outcome? And then it also seemed like there was this like sprinkling of like, how do I also control the way we're perceived? Like, mm-hmm. and that, that part seems kind of confusing to me um, just by way of like, maybe in a small town, that is like something that is, is something you feel like you need to also like have some kind of control over the narrative of, but in the, to me, unless you're doing that flagging thing in the back pocket or whatever with the handkerchief or whatever hankies, maybe there's also a hanky for like 
sleeping around very open or like dating, not committed, like, or a custom one, you can just write on it, like call me, you know what I mean? Like that could do, that could be what, something. What are like a T like an I'm with stupid t-shirt, but like, and this person doesn't mean anything to me inquire within for long-term partnership. If you're not a resident of this town, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, something like that, that just clears the air a little bit more. So that's my response to that part, that portion of it. You're right with the like clear boundaries, bottom line, and also policing both for both of you. And you just need to have a lesbian cop in the relationship. Who's just knocking on doors making sure, you know, everything that's happening is exactly what they're saying is happening, which is difficult because people can yes you to death, look you right in the eye and say, I'm right there with you. And the size, exactly what you're saying, read between the lines. And if it seems like you guys are on different pages, seems like someone's way more eager to hang out than you are maybe, or like maybe wants to keep the night going for a lot longer than you do. It might be time to reel it in if that's starting to feel like a turnoff. You're meeting their close friends. If their parents know about you, exactly. If you have stuff at their house, these are all red flags. That this is not the casual thing that you're pretending it is. A hundred percent. And if they keep telling you about who they were telling about mm. you, like I feel like people are like, I was talking to my friend about you the other day. Like when people start saying stuff like that, you're just like, <laughs> why? Clearly, they're always talking about you, which means they're always thinking about you, which means they're not thinking of you in a casual way. Because they're in love with you. Okay. The next question. Okay. Skip ahead to the question of how do I flag? Oh, turnoffs. Have your Seinfeldian turnoffs. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit of a how important is it? Like, is it a thing that's just annoying? Like they eat loud, wow. they eat with their mouth open or kind of thing. Or is it a thing where, um, you know, like somebody talking about the men that they're dating could just, that could be different for you. That could be a different vibe for you than somebody just like having an annoying laugh. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of how important is it? Is it a flag of something? Is it a red or yellow flag that you need to look at? That's going to like trip you out for the whole time. Also remember, this is really casual. This is just casual dating. So water off a duck's back. You don't have to live with that person the rest of your life. Totally. I'm really a huge fan of compartmentalization. Like, I just think it's really important to just like, if someone says something and you consider them a friend and maybe they're not your best friend, but they say something and you find it like annoying, you just like file that into that person's like annoying file. And then that gets grouped in with that person, but you can still hang out with them. You're just like, if I needed to like, you know, create some kind of profile on this person, I could let you know, here's the annoying things about them. Here's the amazing things about them. But like all together, it's like a whole picture. I, I feel like it, it's, I, I'm just, I feel grateful that like, I can see the whole picture and that I don't necessarily get like sidetracked just by one or two um, things that are turnoffs. But what it sounded like our caller was giving us was an example of something that might mean something more significant, like political in nature, potentially like, or values. Like it seems as though that person's example, the caller's example was about dating men. And that that was like maybe a turnoff that she felt like she couldn't come back from. And that seems to me a bit different than something where it's like misophonia or like, you know, 
I don't like that they, you know, sometimes they're, they, they don't wear a belt and their pants are, their, their waistline never fits them, but they don't wear a belt. So they're always pulling their pants up over and over yeah. again, which can be a frustrating visual. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so I okay. feel like, yeah, if it's a values or a po- political situation, I don't think you have to figure out a way to work with it. But if it's something that's just kind of like little things here and there, maybe a little bit of an annoying laugh. You just put it in their file. Like if you imagine yourself in the best mood that you could possibly be in, like oh, two weeks from now thinking about that same thing, will it seem as important? Exactly. Um, um, can I ask you a personal question as the host of the show? Yeah, of course. What would you say is like an absolute deal killer? You could be having the most incredible first date of your life with the hottest person, someone you've had a crush on for like five, five years plus finally got a chance to go out. Everything is going perfectly, but then they do this one thing and you know, in your mind, there will be no second date. That's hard. I mean, I know at one point, a a bottom line, a hard line for me was somebody was serving foie gras at an event and their friend fed some to Ponyo. Whoa. And then I was like, I gotta go. (laughs) That's like double animal abuse. That's all I was just, it was like, it was like too many things that are wrong for me at the same time. I was like, not, you do not feed that to my daughter. That's correct. Like it's incorrect for you to be doing this, like purchasing this animal cruelty byproduct. And it's, that's correct. Beyond for you to then feed it to my daughter. That's right. What's next? Veal. You're going to trot out a veal calf and feed it. Yeah. And feed it to a a, a calf. Yeah. For me, it's like, it's a little bit of a political thing in that way. A hundred percent. I think that, or I think sometimes I think it's like, um, if I can feel them, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Gosh, if it was like, like, so say like Kaya came out of the woodwork and I was like, oh my God, I've had a crush on you for 16 years. Now we get to go on a date. Yeah. If she like cracked open a jar of foie gras and was like, this is so good. It's a delight. I mean, I can't think of what else, honestly. Yeah. I mean, that's a great example. Thanks. What's yours? Well, that, you know, yours is, is more significant and substantial because it is political in nature. So you have depth. Whereas someone like me, I could probably, I probably would just have a more like uncontrollable reaction to something like auditory or olfactory or, um, visual. Like, I think that that's where I have like my tendencies towards OCD. And I think that I could see, um, I'm trying to think there's been so many things in my life that a first date has never led to a second, but this has to be somebody who you have had a crush on for so long, not someone you're just meeting or that you don't know very well. And then you realize they smell bad like this, you know, they smell like Axe body spray. There's somebody you've been around cultivating this thing. Wow. I honestly, like it would actually, I don't, I, I, I have to, I, I can't answer the question. I, I was just the asker. I wasn't the answerer. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, so the next part of this person's question is how do we flag to other people? Was that no, it? Uh, how do you handle the turnoffs, which we addressed? And then how do you say no without hurting someone's feelings if they want to have, let's say sex or something? On a more extreme end of the spectrum, where I feel the most comfortable, 
there was a time in my life a long time ago, a long time ago, when I used to like the idea that like everyone I knew like kind of liked me. Like I was like, I, I like, like, I like people liking me. Like I want everyone to like me, you know? And like, if for some reason someone seemed like they didn't like me, I would like try and work extra hard to try to see like, you know, what could I do to get past this person's like whatever. And then eventually as I grew older, I realized like, okay, so now it's seeming like some people don't like me. And then I started to realize like, actually, I don't like some people as well. And then now I'm obsessed with people not liking me. I'm upset. I, I don't like, a, I like, don't like a lot of people, but I'm just, basically the reason I took you on that journey is I'm kind of like, this person should try to give it a chance to just literally feel it out. Try to like, you know, if a situation like comes up and they're thinking to themselves, I really don't want to do that. They should just as an experiment, just say they don't want to do that. Just play around with like doing this thing that seems really scary and then start to see how it feels to be somebody who is like not giving everyone what they want, what they think they want, like at all times. Cause for me, it created a monster and this person might take this and run and become someone who becomes obsessed, turning this maybe into even a fetish opportunity to just be like, no, 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 no. They might find they love being the person who doesn't like giving people the thing they're asking for. Mm. But you don't know until you explore it because right now it sounds like the scariest thing. There's great value in getting the feeling of being a hundred percent authentic and then still being accepted. Yeah. Like going through that yes. time where you're like, here's the actual truth about me is I don't like getting touched like that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no one's ever going to have sex with me again. And it's just not the truth. It's people, so the right, true. then the right people will show up. Then you're not wasting your time with people. that are like, well, too bad. Cause I really want to do that. Totally. And there's people who just like also love people when they know what they want. They like to hear no, because they know that yes really means yes. You know, like mm-hmm. there's a really, there's a hotness to like being like, oh, this person isn't just like doing whatever, <laughs> like, and going with whatever this person is here to have a fucking good time. They've done the work. They know what they like. And like, they're helping me do that for them. Depending, yeah. you know, like, Yeah. Taurus with a Capricorn moon and a Pisces rising. I mean, you, you have a Capricorn moon. You have it in you. You have it in you to be firm about this. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.